Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Paid in Full Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Rausch, and this is episode number 25, and we are back. Sorry I missed the episode drop last weekend. I was just super distracted with the election and, and everything going on. But we're back today to talk more about the music business. Um, but first, let's just get started with a couple things. One, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast. That would be awesome. Uh, just it helps keep you updated. Also, just helps the podcast get out there more. So definitely subscribe. And if you want to rate it, give me a little five-star rating. I would appreciate it. Uh, and also drop a comment um, in, in, in the iTunes Apple podcast section. Uh, that would be just amazing to hear from you, get some feedback. So please do that. Also, if you haven't yet, um, tap in with me and uh, schedule some time uh, for some coaching. I've been doing coaching on the weekends just to help independent artists, songwriters, producers, um, anyone in the music business that just wants to chat about your career, uh, you know, ask some specific questions um, or just, you know, have an open conversation. Uh, It's my way of giving back. I've been doing it for several, several weeks now, probably like months now. Um, and I've met so many new people, so many of you guys that are part of this community. So it's great for me. It gives me more things to, to talk about and elaborate on uh, during this show. And um, I just, I love hearing from you guys. So definitely connect there. Also, uh, we're continuing to do our fundraiser to support black independent artists. Please donate. Uh, also, if you haven't already, um, it's just been great. We've been able to use those funds to support the black independent artist community. So um, really, really appreciate it. A lot of people are grateful. And uh, we've been able to, to put the money towards some really great things, great artists, great projects. So uh, everyone that's participated in that, from the bottom of my heart, you guys are amazing. And I'm super, super thankful. All right, now let's get started on today's topic. So last episode was about the term. Uh, It's a provision in the contract about how long your contract is. And last episode we talked about in terms of record contracts. So we were going over the term provision um, and basically how long you are in a record deal and what that language of the contract really means when you break it out. Now today we're also going to talk about the term the length of a contract, but it's going to be about publishing, a co-publishing deal. And um, I preface this just similar like I did with last episode. Um, last episode, we, we focused on more of like a very traditional record deal. Uh, today, we're going to be focusing on kind of a traditional co-publishing deal. Um, there's a lot of different deals that you can do in publishing. Uh, it, you know, this is just kind of one type. And there's so many ways a term can be negotiated. So uh, I'll preface this. This is like a very general kind of sense, just as an example. But um, what we talk about today, I'm going to break it out because uh, the components that we'll be talking about are in several contracts and uh, are are pretty standard across that. So I want to make sure you understand what you're reading, what your contract says, so you know how long you are in deals. A lot of times, and I, and I, I put emphasis on this because a lot of times uh, artists and songwriters are in deals way longer than they actually think they are, and they don't realize what it means to be in a deal and how long they have to be in the deal. And uh, I just get you know artists all the time saying, I, you know, I thought my deal would be up. They said only one year. Um, I didn't realize I had to do this. And it can just be super, super confusing. So I want to clear all that up. All right. 
So let's get right into it and talk about co-publishing deals. Now I'll break out some uh, just contract language and things that are pretty common and uh, we'll just go piece by piece and talk about what this means. So first to recap, a co-publishing deal, if you are a songwriter, remember publishing is about songwriting. This is not recordings, this is not masters, this is not artists or record labels or distributors. This is publishing. Publishing is songwriting. That's the composition. So if you're someone who writes your songs, you know, artists record songs, songwriters write songs. Artists can also be songwriters, but in the music industry, and I've said this a million times, you got to keep things separately. You have to keep the sound recording lane in, on, on one side and the publishing and the songwriting lane on another side. So today we're only talking about songwriting, the, the composition and publishing. All right. Just want to make that crystal clear. So um, when you do a co-publishing deal, a very, very common deal, that's when you do a deal with a music publishing company and they basically own um, 50% of your publishing. Uh, it's of your publisher share. And that means they have an ownership stake in your publishing. Now, the way a song is broken out, a song has two components, a writer share and a publisher share. So if a song, let's look at it like it's 100%, 50% would be the writer share and the other 50% would be the publisher share. If you think about it like a pie, think about like a circle and then you draw a line right from top to bottom in that circle. On the left side is the writer share, on the right side is the publisher share. So when you do a co-publishing deal, the publisher owns 50% of your publisher share. So if you go to the, the half, the publisher share, that half of the pie, they split that. So if you look at the pie as a whole, a co-publisher basically, uh, or a co-publishing deal basically means the publisher owns 25% of the entire song because it's only half of the publisher share. And uh, I have some good visuals about this on my Instagram uh, at paid and full pod. You can, you can check it out there. But um and it breaks out the different types of deals. But I just want to be really clear uh, when we talk about the terms here because it involves ownership and you're basically assigning that ownership right to the publishing company. So they do have invested interest in the compositions that uh, you, you do under the term. Um, this is different from what an administration deal would be where the publisher does not have any ownership of the compositions. Uh, they simply manage the catalog for an administration fee. But in a co-publishing deal, they do retain ownership of the composition. So just wanted to be kind of clear uh, about what kind of deal this is. Now, in these types of deals, um, there, there's a lot of similarities to kind of what we talked about with record deals in terms of like a delivery commitment and contract periods. So let's kind of get into what to expect. So in a typical co-publishing deal, the term provision will usually start by saying uh, the date that the agreement will begin. So it'll say, you know, the term will begin on uh, the date of this agreement, and that could be the date that you sign it, or there'll be a date, a specific date listed in the agreement. And it'll say it'll consist of an initial contract period and that the publisher will have X amount of options to extend that contract period. Uh, the options, it can be uh, different amounts. So let's just, for this example, let's say three options. So the language would say the term begins on the date of the agreement and it consists of an initial contract period and the publisher will have three options to extend the contract period. 
All right, lots of stuff kind of going on there. Sounds simple, but it's not as simple as you think. So first we have to think about what a contract period is. And usually there's another following paragraph about what a contract period is. Because if the term is directly related to the contract period, as we saw, it'll say the initial contract period, and you can have three options to extend a contract period, then obviously we need to know, well, what's a contract period? What does that mean? So the contract period can be something along the lines of this. It'll say, and, and we saw something similar when we were talking about record labels. It'll say the later of, so that's a key word right there, the later of, what basically whatever happens later. So the later of 12 months or 30 days following the completion of the minimum delivery and release commitment. All right, let's, let's, let's break that up a little bit. So whatever comes later. 12 months, so basically a contract period is at least, at least 12 months minimum or 30 days following the completion of the minimum delivery and release commitment. Well, what's the minimum delivery and release commitment? Because we have to understand that to know when this term actually will end. Um, and this is where it gets kind of confusing because you're like, okay, in the first part, they said the term is going to be the initial contract period. The contract period paragraph says it's going to be 12 months or 30 days following the completion of the minimum delivery and release commitment, which is also called the MDRC. So I'll just, I'll just say MDRC uh, for short. So now we have to know what the MDRC is, right? So this is where we go to another paragraph. Um, and also, by the way, uh, just real quick, the MDRC, Minimum Delivery and Release Commitment, it can also just be the minimum delivery commitment. So it doesn't always have to be based on uh, a release. You don't, you don't always have to have a released commitment in there. So there's a couple ways to, um, to do deals uh, based on that. But for, for this, we'll talk about minimum delivery and release commitment. So what does that mean? That'll say... Uh, to, so to understand basically the minimum delivery, what do you have to deliver under your term? And that delivery has to also be based on a release. So it'll say something like five 100% newly written compositions. So, okay, you know, you have to deliver 500% newly written compositions. Um, now those compositions to meet a release uh, requirement It'll say those compositions have to be embodied on an album that's released in the U.S. during the contract period by one or more of the major record labels. All right. So that's very, very kind of standard type language. So let's break that out because it sounds simple. You're like, okay, five songs released on major labels. Well, is that really what it means? Let's take a look. So minimum delivery, 500% newly written compositions. So we have to understand what 100% means. For example, if you are somebody who writes just lyrics and you work with somebody who makes music, like a, a music producer, and they make the music, you write the lyrics, you guys split the song 50-50, that means you only wrote 50% of a composition. 
Now, if this contract says you have to re- you have to deliver five one hundred percent newly written compositions, that means you haven't even delivered one composition yet. You haven't reached a hundred percent yet. So that's five one hundred percent. Okay. So essentially, five hundred percent worth of ownership of credit that you get on a song that you control of a song. So again, if you are doing a song 50-50, that's only 50%. Uh, If you get 25% of a song, that's even lower. If you only, you know, so this doesn't mean you just have to write five songs. This means you could write like 20 songs and still not meet that five 100% because you have to basically, it's not about the, the quantity of songs. It's really about that percentage. You have to think about it like you have to reach 500%. Now, Look, someone can have, you know, 10% credit across a lot of different songs and not, you know, it, it can take a really long time to hit that 500. So this is why it's super important to understand what actually it means to hit that song. And the way it's written, 500% written compositions, sounds like you just have to write five songs, but that's not the case. You have to write 500% worth of songs. And in publishing, there's a lot of type times where people co-write. You work with producers, you work with other songwriters, um, you work with you know other artists who are coming on and, and dropping verses on your song, and they get songwriting credit. So all of that really plays into what consists of an actual hundred percent song. Okay, so that's something to, to really pay attention to. Uh, when I break that down for songwriters, uh, they're always taken aback. They're like, "Wait." I just have to write, I just have to be on five songs. No, 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 no. You have to write 500%, okay? So that, that's the first thing you have to, to really, really think about there. Um, and also, I'll bring this up too. Samples, if you use samples in your music, um, the peep, the owners of the, the, the songwriters of the sample who, who recorded the song in that sample, whoever owns that composition that's being sampled, they will get ownership of your song. That's how samples work in publishing where, so let's say you and a producer, you write a song 50-50, but there's a sample. The songwriters of that sample might take 50%. So now you and the producer only have 25-25 and then the sample has 50. So be careful when you use samples because those the owners of those songs will own a piece of your new work and that will diminish your songwriting credit. All right, these are just things to, to, to think about here. And I break that down because it all relates back to the term. You know, if your term is based on this, deli- this delivery requirement right here, just this one little section, then you have to keep in mind how much you actually have to write, okay? Now let's take a look at the second half here because we said minimum delivery and release release commitment, okay? Now, not only does it say you have to write those 500% worth of songs, they also have to be released in the US during the contract period that you, you write them, obviously, and but they have to be released by major record labels. So, and that's, that's just an example, but that, that's a very common thing. So what does that mean? What if you write a song with an independent artist? Uh, with, you know, say you and a producer, you guys write a song 50-50 and it's, uh, you know, 
uh, an independent artist records that song and puts it out on their independent label. Um, that independent label can be a pretty big label, just not one of the majors. And that won't count towards your, com- your uh, commitment here. So those songs don't count towards your 500% because they're tied into the release commitment. So that's something to be really, really um, aware of if you have an MDRC provision in your contract. So, and this isn't in all contracts, like I said before, it could just be based on a delivery, but if it's based on a release as well, and a lot of times when it's, when there is a release component here, it's because uh, the publisher knows you may be producing for um, an artist and uh, you, you may, you know, they're like, okay, you're going to be producing for an artist that's going to be released on Universal or Warner or Sony. And um, they'll know that. So they'll, they can build something in like that. Um, you know, if, if you're someone who's only working with like independent artists, obviously, you know, something like having your songs tied to major label releases just won't make sense. Um, but you want to be careful. You want to really understand what this is because, uh, you know, you can't just go write, you know, 500% worth of independent songs and say like, okay, I'm good. It's like, no, they've got to be released, released through the major labels. So something to really, really pay attention to. Um, and again, these are all within while, while you're talking through your publishing deal, these are questions that you want to have. And, and, you know, if you think like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working with this artist or this band and I'm, I've got 10 songs coming up on their album, I'm on all 10, then, um, and you know, you're going to hit that, that number, then it's totally fine. But if you're not, then you want to be careful here. Okay. But that's, um, important because your term is based on those two components right there. Um, also they'll, uh, probably have like some restrictions, like, you know, uh, when you write songs, they can't be on, you know, greatest hits albums or holiday albums or like live albums, things like that. They, they want them to be on like new official albums, nothing like kind of like special. Um, and there, there's a lot more to that, but I, I just kind of keeping it a little bit general for right now, uh, just to, to really nail down the points. So let's go back then to kind of this term language and, and pull these pull these co- components together. Um, and let's walk through an example, all right? So let's say your first contract period, your initial contract period begins on January 1st, all right? So the language said the initial contract period starts from the date of the agreement. So let's say January 1st. And It'll uh, and the publisher will have the option to extend uh, the contract period uh, three times. Basically, three options to extend that initial contract period. Okay, so your contract period starts. Initial one starts on January first. All right. Now, as an example, it's the later of twelve months, so you know minimum January first to December thirty first. That's your twelve month window. That's the initial contract period. Or. 30 days following the completion of the MDRC. So the MDRC is basically delivering, um, you know, that 500% of songs that's released on major labels. So you start January 1st. And let's say in that first year, um, maybe in the first six months, June, right? January to June, you are writing, you're writing, you're writing. Uh, let's say you hit your 500%. 
and it's everything is good. It's on, you know, you, you wrote for artists that are getting released through major labels and you, you, you hit your commitment, your MDRC by June within the first six months. Well, your contract period still goes through till December 31st, that initial contract period. Then after that, um, your option will, will take place. So then after that, the next January 1st of the following year, that's when this next uh, option period, this contract period takes place. So that means that you have to do another five songs in the same manner, okay? Same thing goes. After that, you have to do that three times after your initial period. So um, your contract, you know, it could be a minimum of four years because you have the initial plus three options. So that's a minimum of four years Um, or whenever you... Uh, you know, it can be much longer than that, depending on how long it takes you to fulfill your MDRC. So that's why when we think about term, it's not always based on like years or length of time. A lot of times it's also based on how much you're delivering and when you actually can meet your requirements. Because here's another example. Let's go back to that initial contract period. You start on January 1st and you know it's a minimum, minimum of 12 months. So you know it's at least going till December 31st. But let's say for you, you don't actually deliver 500% worth of songs that gets released on major labels because maybe there's delays, maybe things didn't work out the way they should have, maybe you just took a longer time writing, whatever it was. Say it goes past that 12 months and goes into... March of the following year. So you hit the 12 months, you hit month 13, 14, now 15 in March, right? So it's essentially taking you 15 months to uh, hit your MDRC. So remember, it goes back to the language. So you're in March now, say you deliver it on March 1st, you say, hey, here's my delivery and release commitment is all fulfilled. It extends 30 days after that. So you have now, if you do that on March 1st, you got to go to March 30th or 31st. And then the next contract period will begin after that. So that's where those two components are. Um, You know, that's why they do a later of 12 months or 30 days after the fulfillment of the um, MDRC. So that's how you can really start thinking about when your term starts, when it ends, when the contract, uh, when the option picks up for the next contract period. And that's how you can start thinking about, okay, how long am I really in this deal? What do I need to fulfill in this deal? What's the timeline I need to fulfill during this deal? Now, another component that I want to talk about here, because um, that, that's just strictly the term. Now, if you get in advance, Let's say you get a $50,000 advance. Let's just put a round number out there. And um, you have this in your contract period. Um, you, you know, you're fulfilling this. Your options go and go and go. Then if you are unrecouped, meaning if you haven't earned enough royalties that recoup your advance, if you don't make that $50,000 back, then what happens is that the term will automatically extend to basically, um, it'll be like the end of the semi-annual accounting period, or it can also be the end of the uh, next quarterly accounting period, whatever uh, way the publisher company is set up. 
Um, but it'll basically say it'll automatically extend until the end of the semi-annual uh, accounting period uh, in which you become fully recouped. So now you have this like accounting period component in there. So regardless if you fulfill your, um, you know, you fulfill your MDRC, uh, it's past the 12 months, everything like you fulfill the actual, all the requirements, everything in the term, that doesn't mean you're out of the deal yet because you're unrecouped. And until you recoup, the term continues to extend uh, based on that. So that's another component there that you have to think about is basically where you are financially in that deal, you know, and you have to make sure that, um, you know, are, are the songs that you wrote, are they actually earning money? Are they, are they getting successful? Because that also plays a part into the term, into this component uh, of how long you're actually in this deal. So a lot of components, and that's why the term, something that, that seems it can be very simple, like, oh, one year, 12 months, or five songs. It's like, no, 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 no. You really, really have to like dive into this language to understand exactly um, all the components that make up the term and when you can actually get out of that deal. And I'm not saying you want to get out of that deal. You might have an amazing partnership with your publisher and you may want to stay with them for your entire life, which is great. But understanding when your term ends and when that deal ends, um, it allows you the the time to maybe renegotiate, um, you know, maybe shop it to, to see other publishers. You might be in a different place in your career where you want to change. Um, or maybe you're happy with where you are and you want to just kind of continue a very similar type of deal. But it's important to know so you don't have that feeling of like, ugh, I'm trapped in this deal and I don't know why. It's like, no, you should always know exactly where you're at in your deal. That's the that, that's a, a very important part. Um, you know, sometimes it, it determines where you put your time. Like, are you going to spend your time working with just independent artists or do you really need to get those major label releases off uh, if you have that requirement uh, under your commitment, you know? Um it really, really like shapes what you work on and and the things that you want to do as a songwriter. So, um, and also know, you know, how to negotiate. If you think something like this, like three options is too long and you don't want something super like long-term like that, you want a shorter term deal, then you have to be vocal about that. But how do you know unless you understand what the language is really saying? Um, and look, you might want a longer term deal. You might say like, look, I'm ready for a deal. I want to have a long-term partnership. It's okay. We can, we can extend the options out. I'm comfortable with that. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's do it. That's totally fine. But under, you know, understanding these different components, um, is just, is really going to help you shape, you know, the type of deal that you're getting into. And, uh, I, I can't stress this enough. It's a, it's such an interesting provision to me. And it's one that actually like it's often overlooked by the songwriter uh, because there's so many other things happening in a, in a contract that you have to be aware of. But really understanding and breaking out these these terms within the term, you know, all these these things like what's your contract period, you know, what are the options, what's your minimum delivery and release commitment, you know, when when your advance recoups, how long after that are you still in the deal? You know, how long do they have until they need to extend an option? Do you have to wait 30 days or 60 days? Like, is it based on giving them notice? Like, there's all these little things that we didn't really uh, dive further into here, 
but there's a lot of variables that can occur within this term provision. So definitely read it through, uh, talk it through with your lawyer, talk it through with your manager, and make sure whatever you're signing, it's, it's the right deal for you and you understand, if anything, you understand the term and how long you are in the deal. All right? Thank you guys for listening. I know that was a lot. You guys made it through. So really, really appreciate you. Listen to the episode again if you have to. And if you have any questions, always feel free to connect at paidinfullpodcast.com or uh, hit me up on IG at paidinfullpod. Happy to answer any questions you may have. Thank you all. You, you, you're amazing. Um, just again, appreciate uh, all the listeners and all the feedback. So definitely connect. And uh, until then, I will see you guys on the next episode.